We've been having a conversation on the myth of Christmas, where we clearly established that Christmas does not, and I repeat, does not accurately represent the birth of Jesus. Therefore, we can comfortably say that Christmas and the birth of Christ cannot be put in the same WhatsApp group. Right? Today, we delve into the significance of the birth of Christ. Of course, this has been blurred by the masquerading, both in the church and in society, purporting to be the celebration that surrounds this event that shaped human history. Now, of course, I have to ask myself, when you talk of the significance of the yeah. birth of Christ, yeah. where do we begin? You see, most of us starting now, <laughs> you know, Joseph, now, now. now. <laughs> to actually do this properly, we have to go back in time. Yes to the prophetic picture because nothing in scripture just happens. By now you should know that major significant activities in the Bible, nothing happens unless God speaks it. Amos 3.7 tells us, I the Lord will not do a thing in the earth, notice, yes. unless I tell my servant the prophet. Yes. So every time you want to get the accuracy of a particular activity to know if it's within the timeline of God, wisdom is to always go back and look for the prophetic that is connected to that reality. So even if you talk about the birth of Jesus, yes. this is not something that just happened exactly. by mistake. This is something exactly. that was, um, we can see it even in Genesis. Yes. That when God talks yes. about uh, the woman, the man and the serpent, in that statement you find the birth of Jesus spoken. Yes. So when you say that the son, uh, the, the seed of woman yes. will crush your head, yes. that seed that has to be born exactly for it's it to crash. The whole journey we have to go into. Okay. We, we cannot just wake up and say, this happened and then we're trying to draw from it. Yes. If it is a move, if it is something God had as an intent, God always voices his intents before we actually see that. And again, I think we're talking about the prophets. We've had that God will not do a thing yes. without telling his servant the prophet. Yes. So if he's going to do a thing like bathing Christ in the earth, or bathing his moving the earth, he has to tell the prophet. Yes. So even the birth of Jesus, we have to ask ourselves, is this scripture fulfilled? That's a thing. Are we going to see that scripture becoming? And, that, and that's, that's what gives it significance. Okay. Significance is not because the event happened. Mm -hmm. Significance is because the event was something God preordained to happen. Yes. That's what gives it significance. So the, the, the prophets spoke, but let me listen. There are a lot of prophets who spoke about Christ, his birth, his death, his resurrection, everything. Yes. We are focusing on that which surrounds the issue of his birth. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to exhaust many prophetic words. We're going to take just two significant prophecies that tie very closely to these events that we now want to call Christmas. So whenever we reference the birth of Christ, we must understand that we are not referencing a particular date. Oh, yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we are referencing an event. Mm. And let's look at the difference between what God said would happen. You see, the, the, the whole problem of the Christmas story and the myth is things are built around a date. Mm -hmm. and, and that's part of the masquerading we're talking about. Yes. The smokescreen. So to do that, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. And those scriptures are going to help us properly decode this event. Okay. All right. Isaiah 7, 14. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Mm -hmm. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. All right. Right from that, <laughs> what do we draw? That the issue is about the Lord's sign, not about a date. So here it says that the Lord himself will give you a sign, yes. not a date, yes. not a location, uh -huh. not a activities. Yes. He's telling you he'll give you a sign. A sign. The prophet Isaiah here is giving us two major issues. The first issue he's giving us is that, and he says clearly, the Lord himself. himself. So the sign doesn't <laughs> come from us. We do not determine yes. that position. The Lord will give us a sign. Then, the first point that he says is that the virgin, virgin shall give birth. Okay. So what is the Lord's sign? The first one is the virgin. The virgin. But what, what puts Mary in a very interesting position mm -hmm. is that it was clear that Jesus had to be of the lineage of David. Yes. Joseph was of the lineage of David. Mm -hmm. So was Mary. Mm. But her mm -hmm. lineage was priestly. Okay. Because this is the significant. Remember, Jesus is a king and a, and priest. a priest. Everything is connected. Mm -hmm. Mary comes from the priestly side. Remember her cousin Elizabeth? Yes. The mother of John? Yes. Whose father is a high priest? So that side of family is priestly. Yeah, priestly. 
Joseph mm -hmm. is of the lineage of David. Mm. We saw that in the last conversation. Yes. For everybody went to be counted because Joseph was of the lineage of David, he went to Bethlehem. Okay. See how everything is connected. So there's the king and, and the priest. priest. So when we talk about him being a king and a priest, and there of course calling us as kings and priests. Even by lineage. See. Yes. <laughs> Even see. by lineage. Now, you see, for us, reading backwards, it sounds, yes, it's of Mary. <laughs> and it, when the prophet spoke, a virgin mm. will conceive. How does a virgin conceive mm. and give birth to a son? Yeah. That does not make sense. Now, that is a sign. That's the sign you're talking about. That something impossible yes. is going to happen as a sign. Now, we must understand that that could be as much as we know. We've read the story. Yes. And we know that God had to speak to Joseph mm -hmm. about this. Yes. We must understand Joseph was brought up in the ways of the Jews. So when he hears this, of course, we have to ask ourselves, what do you think is going through his mind? Exactly. When the, he's told that, listen, there's this lady you are supposed to be engaged to. Yes. Now she's, she's conceived yes. through the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay. He's from the lineage of yes. He understands so, the so things he, of he God. So he might have yeah? struggled. Until he remembered the prophecy. Yes, that's what I was going to say. That he understands that he's not an exactly. ignorant he's, he's, person. He's not naive to the prophecy. Mary is not ignorant. Because yes. sometimes you always think these are people God picked. From the blue. You know, yeah. randomly. No, they are not ignorant yes. of the things of God. Exactly. So that is why Joseph could say. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And an angel appeared to him. That's it. So he did yes. just. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God did show him mm -hmm. that this is God. Okay. All right. So if that is correct. The next step, he got confirmation. Even if he was querying, he got confirmation. Yes. The next sign was that the sign shall be the virgin, but the name shall be Emmanuel. Mm. Okay? Okay. And Emmanuel, which we all know, means God with, with us. That. In other words, the naming was equal to the reality of who he was. So here we are, we've been told that there's a son that will be born, yes. and this son will be called Emmanuel. Aha. Hold on to that, please. Aha. All right? <laughs> As we go to the next scripture. Yeah, so right there, mm -hmm. the most important issue is not the date. Yes. It's the sign. Yes. This shall be the sign. Not on this date this shall happen. Oh, yeah. All right? Mm -hmm. Hold on to that. Let's look at the next scripture. Isaiah 9, 6. Mm -hmm. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. Mm -hmm. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now you know, <laughs> these two scriptures, both from Isaiah, are probably some of the most often quoted scriptures during Christmas. Mm -hmm during the pageants, yes. during the services. And the thing is, people hear them, quote them, listen, this is a scripture I knew off-head. Not because of study or because of ministry. <laughs> I knew it off-head because of Sunday school. Yes. And so, repetition. And repetition, I yes. could quote it, but I quoted it every Christmas. No other time. And most people only associated with Christmas. In other words, when you hear this scripture, the first thing you think about is Christmas Day. Yes. And therefore you gloss over the huge, huge implications mm. of what these scriptures actually represent. So we end up relegating them to Christmas, read by children and actors and narrators, and then we are done until next Christmas. No one pays any attention. Mm. So we take one of probably the most power-packed scriptures in the entire Bible, one sentence in the Bible yeah. that sums up the entire sum total of who Jesus is. Mm. From his humanity to his divinity. One sentence yeah. that describes him from birth to Ascended. glory. Yes. <laughs> that one power scripture that should keep us mesmerized and focused is quoted like poetry. Mm. So that we don't, we hear it. But we don't hear it. I love what you're saying, that we actually read this during Christmas yes. season. And after that, after those Christmas services, yes. we don't talk about it in the year. We don't exactly. sit down and say, listen, what Isaiah said in uh, uh, chapter 9, 6. Yes. It's so powerful yes. that each of the name that he gave us, yes. is, of course he said, his name shall be called. Yes. But he broke it down. Yes. If you were to look at each of those words. Now that is the issue. You see, first you must understand mm -hmm. that... Why do we say Christmas is a smokescreen? It is. The whole pageant, the activity, is to hide this truth. Mm. But the most powerful way to hide it is in plain sight. 
So you never go looking for it because it is familiar. So when you tell people that yes, we know the enemies at work. Yes. But the kind of enemy we are talking about is <laughs> not the one that throws you down and the one that asks you who sent yes. you. No, this one does not talk. Yes. This one is an intelligent one. Yeah. Who says, listen, let's have poems, let's have games, let's have plays, let's have all these things, but they are small smoke screen yes. to cover exactly. the power of this event. In fact, this is one of the most significant concepts we should understand yeah. about the devil. Mm. The devil does not delete scriptures. Oh. The devil removes the power mm. from the scripture. Mm. And that is why lately, if you notice, we've been telling you guys, we want to go back and see a scripture and say we are taking the scripture out of the yes. book yes. into reality because yes. all the enemy wants is for you to leave the scripture in the book. Exactly. For you to come and read and say every year that his name shall be everlasting father and prince of peace. Amen. Yes. And you sit down. Yes. But you don't sit down and say, stop, Samson, did you just tell me <laughs> that he's going to be the prince of peace? So, in my life, I'm not experiencing peace. Yes. So, there's something that is not working because yeah. you've been pre told who Christ is. Exactly. And if he's in me, yes. the one thing I should experience is peace. There you go. So, like you're saying, you the enemy will come and say, it's okay, give yes. them this yes. if it can cover. Yeah, in fact, the take the, the same word. Yes. Dilute it. Mm. <laughs> adjust it. Yes. And give it a new meaning. Mm. So, for example, we'll take a term like blessing. We'll turn it to a shirt. Yes. A trouser, yes. A, a, a phone, mm. you are blessed. Somebody gave you a phone. You've just taken your power blessed. away from that word. Guys, we are going back to the book <laughs> and we are pulling the reality of what has been promised. We are taking yes. the rea realities of God uh, and saying that these are things that God intended for us to experience, yes. not for us to read. Yes. So this is the one of them. Yes, that's one this of Christmas, them. Christmas that we're actually yes. saying. Remove the smoke. smoke Absolutely. Yeah? Because we hear it, but we don't hear it. Mm. We've become dull. Yes. Truth be told, it has been pretty successful up to now. Mm -hmm. Pretty successful. Yes. Fortunately, now, God is granting us discernment so that we can deconstruct it for the sake of future generations. Mm. Otherwise, we'll have the same old cycle. Hamster on a wheel, believing the same story. <laughs> now, let's actually examine the true impact of these two scriptures. And like I said, there are many, but for this series, we chose to pick two. Okay. All right? Now, remember we talked about the sign. The sign is a virgin. Okay. In uh, Isaiah 7, Isaiah 14, 7. Yes. But in Isaiah 9, 6, mm -hmm. we talk about, again, who he is and his name. Now, aren't you to, uh, let, let's do a little maths. Let's let's combine some things. All right. So in, in Isaiah seven fourteen, his name is Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. Okay. In Isaiah nine six, his name notice singular, his name hmm. not names <laughs> shall be. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His name <laughs> singular. Remember when we talked about the names of God. <laughs> and we said that there's a name. When you talk about father, we said it incorporates all these names. Yes. Now, here you're being told that the son will be born. His name shall be called Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. Then, a few chapters later, the same person being described in chapter 7. Exactly. Now, his name shall be exactly. Wonderful Counselor. Thank you. Read that. Therefore. Wait. Before we <laughs> go on. Yes. Can we now skip? to mm -hmm. Matthew chapter 1 yes. or Luke chapter uh -huh. 1 and if you check both of them when the angel appeared to Mary yes. and then to Joseph what yes. is the name? you shall, shall call, call his name? Jesus Jesus so wait his name is Emmanuel mm -hmm. his name shall be wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting, everlasting father, father prince of peace okay his name is Jesus, Jesus. and you to migrate with us okay his name shall be mm -hmm. his name will be called his name is yes. he right. who was who is and is to come mm -hmm. so emmanuel equals wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace equals jesus so why are we going over this name of Jesus? Because we as believers, if there is one word we use 
all the time. If there's one name we quote all the time, in the name of Jesus. I come to you in the name of Jesus. You need to be born again in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. Okay, stop. Half the time we mean in the name of J-E-S-U-S. No power in the name. Nothing, just a spelling. And that's what he said. The enemy will let you yes. quote the name of Jesus. Sorry to use this word aimlessly yes. without the power Absolutely. of that word. Absolutely. When we say Jesus, we are going back and saying Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. We are saying wonderful and of course we are going to see yes. what wonderful means. Exactly. Counselor, yes. everlasting father, prince of peace. What does this mean? So that next time you say that I I believe in Jesus, I am born again and Jesus is my savior, you know who you are talking about. Exactly. Yes. So when you come in the name. Yes. When Jesus says, I have come in the name Mm -hmm. of the Father, he does not say in the name of the Father. Yes. He comes in the name name. of the Father. He comes representing the Father. Yes. He comes acting like, operating like, functioning like the Father. So when we say we've come in the name of Jesus, until we begin to operate like, Mm. function like, do what he did, we are not yet in the name. So we are also saying, if you think of that, the name Jesus. Yes. In this season, and more so, I believe you are watching this on? On Today is? Today, no, it's not Wednesday. You have three days to go and say, there are three days or four days, for you to go and talk about uh, Christmas uh, service. All Mm -hmm. right? Our focus must shift from when he was born, (laughs) 25th of December, remove the power of that date to... Who was born yes. because sometimes the date is more powerful in the minds of people than the person who was born so go. we are actually saying listen remove the story of the baby jesus in a manger that's remove what you're saying 25th. <laughs> because if you get what we are saying yes. you will not wait for the 25th mm, he will be born in your life there you have no connection as often as often <laughs> as you need to function mm. in any of the dynamics we have mentioned all right so at this point it's very important for us to understand that both Matthew and Luke, listen carefully, both Matthew and Luke, as they narrate the birth of Jesus Christ, they are referencing the fulfillment of mm. these prophecies we've spoken about. Mm. And at the time of their writing, which by the way, was years, even after Jesus had ascended, <laughs> yes. that they are basically giving us the biography mm. of Jesus, not an eyewitness account. I'll say that again. Okay. They were children when Jesus was born. <laughs> Listen, Luke was not an old man no. when Jesus was born. No. Okay. So Luke is not talking about a baby Jesus. Mm. Luke is talking about a man he walked with, yes. the Christ who has ascended. So this is to to Luke. He, in this particular yes. uh, instance, yes. he's a historian. Yes, he's, he's not giving you a biography. Yes. yes, I want to explain to you mm. who that person is. But yes. to do that, I must tell you how he mm-hmm. was born. So when Jesus was being born, Luke was also... A child. <laughs> a child, eh? So was Matthew. Yes. So this conversation that they're writing about, Matthew and Luke are not celebrating Christmas. <laughs> Yes. They are drawing from the prophecies we've spoken about and others to inform the people they are writing to on who was born, not when. Now, does that also remind us, when we talk about it, there's a message we have yes. called Keeping the Conversations of God Going, mm. where we said that all these people, the Luke's and the Matthews of the day, yes. they all started by going to classes that first of all introduced them to God. Yes. So when they are writing this, they are not they ignorant know. of the speakings of God. In fact, the actual conversation, yes. to be accurate, mm-hmm. as Matthew is writing, they write kind of to two groups. Luke writes more towards the Gentiles. Yes. Because he functioned a lot with Jesus and then Paul. Mm-hmm. All right? But Matthew is writing to the Jews. Mm-hmm. What is he convincing the Jews? That this is, the king. is that prophecy. Mm-hmm. That is his focus. Yes. His entire conversation has nothing to do with the Christmas day. <laughs> nothing so to do with the He's not writing for them, telling them, by the way, as you will celebrate Let's the celebrate. Let me remind Christmas you. day, this no. is what we do. No. He's writing about the prophecy of Isaiah being fulfilled, mm. the prophecy of Micah being fulfilled, the prophecy of Jeremiah. Yes. Being, the Psalms, there are so many prophecies on the Christ. Mm. 
Mm. He's now pulling them out and saying, this baby that was born, mm. this process of Mary and Joseph who are from these two lineages, mm -hmm. this activity that happened during this time was the actual thing that the, the prophet, prophets did. Yeah. Why is it important? Because mm. there are people living then who are still looking for the Messiah. Mm. So you have to understand the context of this writing. Now you know how it was hijacked by the devil and switched into a Christmas story. And that is where when you talked about um, the Christmas, the myth of Christmas, yes. in the last two episodes, where we said the enemy would prefer you come and sit here and sing all the carols that you want. As yes. long as you do not pull out of those scriptures the power of the king yes. who was born, and he should be the king in your life. And that is why we said that if you look at this as a baby mm. and you're trying to think of how this baby will save your life. Yeah. So the devil wants you to keep that yeah. image, message of a baby. Now we are coming here and saying, listen, he is not baby Jesus. He is the king. And most of us have known him as our savior, the one who died for us. But none, very few are not, sorry, not none. Mm -hmm. Many of mm -hmm. us have not enthroned him as a king in our lives, the one who makes rules or sets rules in our lives. Yes. So this Jesus we are talking about yeah. is the king. Exactly. Yes. So you begin to understand that these people are giving us a clearer picture of who Jesus is. is. Not when Jesus was born. Hmm. We'll repeat that until it shatters <laughs> in your mind. It is not important. The yes. date. No. It, it is, is the, the who. who right? Born, yes. So in, in uh, Isaiah 9, there, there are some issues we want to start pulling out. There's a statement that he makes. A child is born. And to us, a child is born. Mm -hmm. And to us, a son is given. So two things are happening. Yes. And to us, a child. So the child is for us. We are the reason the child is born. Mm -hmm. And to us. And unto us a son is given. We are the reason a son is given. Mm. Now these two statements are not manger stories. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and here, before you go on, when we read that a child is born, mm. notice when you talk of the Christmas story, mm. that's where we stop. End. We end the scripture there. Yes. A child is born. That's why now we say now this child who has, who has been birthed is a baby. Yeah. That's where we stop. We do That's not it. see and a son is, is given. given. Now that one line <laughs> is 33 years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 33 and a half to yes. be precise. Yes. A child is born mm -hmm. with Mary. Yes. A son is given by God mm. on the cross. Mm. One, one line. Yes. Isaiah is, is giving you a complete picture by which you will track the Christ. Mm. You'll track the Messiah. Yes. So, in other words, where, where, where Mary is concerned, a child is born. Human lineage. Okay. But where a son is given, we switch, only God gives. Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave. So this, that sentence is telling you, while Jesus was born a member of the human race, he was given as the son of God. Mm. In one line. one line. So we also seen his humanity described there. Yes. And his divinity. Exactly. So when you talk about a child is born, is where you're being told the son of man. Yes. But it's where the son is given. Hmm. This is the son of God. Exactly. And that is where you'll always see that interchange yes. when, when you read the Gospels. When yes. you always talk about the son of man yes. and you talk about the son of God. There always go. remember there's the humanity side, there's humanity yes. side of uh, Jesus. Yes. And there's the divinity side exactly. of Jesus. Exactly. Yeah? So that's how... See, where the focus is, there mm. shall be a sign. A sign of who? One who shall be born, who is a son of man, mm. yet son is a of son of God. Yes. Imagine all that is in that Christmas story that you hear being quoted like a poem. Mm. See how dangerous that is? Yes. The next statement he makes is that the government will be on his shoulders. Mm. Now, you must understand prophetic language. The same way you've seen a line that shifts you from child to cross, when you say government... Now, government means how to govern, how to rule. Government in scripture only meant kings. Mm. Government didn't mean parliaments. Yep. Government didn't mean what you call government. And out of the mouth of the yes. kings, the law comes. Exactly. So when you talk about governing here, yes. we are talking about governing uh, creation. Exactly. When you talk about the government will be on his shoulders, it yes. is not government of a particular people yes. or a location, yes. it is governing of creation. Exactly. Shall be upon his shoulders. Absolutely. And we need to talk about yeah, that. And we all know that when you use the term something is on your shoulder, we are talking about responsibility. Yes. 
So in the first sense, again, you keep seeing a lot of duality in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Isaiah was a master of duality between the supernatural and the natural in real time. In the year King Uziah died, I saw the Lord. Mm -hmm. he, he plays in two realms regularly. Yes. And that is his prophetic style. Okay? So if we say the government will be upon his shoulders, we understand that means that the responsibility of governing the earth is under whose rule? His. Mm -hmm. But if okay. you come to the New Testament and understand that we are the body of Christ, mm. what do you mean by the government being on his shoulders? Mm. It means it is our responsibility to carry out that rule. So, let's go back there. Let's go back there. <laughs> Christ is the head. Yes. We are the body. Exactly. Now, most of the time, when people say that we are the body of Christ, it sounds like a title no, we have. No, it's not. Think about it. Have you ever wondered what that even means? We are the body of Christ. Yes. All right? Yes. So, if I look at yes. a human body... Yeah. For our understanding, exactly. he is the head. Yes. Meaning the decisions are coming from the head. Thank the you. direction is from the head. Yes. The mind of Christ. We okay. have the mind of Christ. But the shoulders are on the body. Yes. Now let me explain we, something. Okay. When we say those terms, these are learning lessons. Mm. All right? So that we, our language yes. is commensurate mm. with the meanings that mm -hmm. were released by scripture. Yes. Not with our perceived environment. Let me claim the term Christ now for once, because uh, you'll notice I like using that term a lot. Yes. There's a reason I use it more than when I use the term Jesus, and there's a reason. The Jews were looking forward to a Messiah. All right. Messiah, Hebrew. Greek for Messiah is Christ. Mm -hmm. Greek is a, a, Christ is a Greek term. Okay. Messiah is a Hebrew term for the same person. Mm. Both terms mean this. Pay close attention. Okay. It means the one with the power to rule. The anointed one okay. and his anointing. Yes. Now in the Old Testament, the only one who was anointed was a king mm -hmm. to rule. Okay. Alright? Prophets were called, kings were anointed. Mm. Mm. Okay? Yes. Now anointing, the word Christ translated in English means the anointed one and his anointing. anointing. Yes. Meaning the king and his power to rule. Mm. Are we together? Yes. Messiah means exactly the same thing. Mm. So if we say we are Christians, <laughs> it means we should be operating with the power to rule. All right. So. When we say the Christ, we say the one with the power to rule. We are the body of Christ. We are the governing structure by which he rules. So if we say Christ is a ruler, yes. most of us think that we have to call him. And that's why we always say, God, come. In fact, now there are some statements where you hear somebody saying, please come and do not send anyone. I want you to come. Why? Because we think... Why are you laughing? These are some of our prayers. This is what we say in prayer. I don't want to joke. <laughs> don't send anyone. Don't send anyone. And he himself said, I'll send the Holy Spirit. No, but no, you no, are no. disagreeing with him. One. In you this come. issue, come and don't send anyone. Okay? Yeah. When you come and find this, mm. you notice that your prayers are not being answered. Yeah. For example, you're calling him because you're in a financial crisis. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that I have up to Friday. And this Friday... Things will happen if he does not come. Do you notice the word we use? Mm. He does not come. What do we mean by that? Sometimes mm -hmm. you don't even know what we mean. Mm. On this other hand, you are saying, Landlord, you who is coming to kick me out, I know you are sent of the devil. <laughs> Please go back to him and tell him you didn't find me. You can't find me. <laughs> because you are so confused, yes. the devil seems to find me. All but God never seems to come. Yeah, the devil can locate you, but God has to look for you. God has to look. You have to call him. Really? Guys, when you talk about the shoulders, that the government yes. shall be on his shoulders, shoulders. we are. Yes, and, and, and why do we say that? Yeah. Colossians 3, I believe it's verse 16, says, By whom, through whom, hmm. and for whom, all things were created. By whom, through whom, and for who all Office. things were created, okay. describing him. Yes. Meaning, if that is the truth, then if we are part of his body, or should I say a better term? Because mm -hmm. when we think body, we are so natural, we think physically. Yes. Let's use another term. Okay. As a member of his governing body, mm. it is our responsibility to carry out his rule. Yes. 
So when you talk about the government shall be on his shoulders, that's what it means. We are simply saying, listen, you as a born again Christian, yes. who is saying I'm representing the Father in the earth, you, go. you must be asking yourself, what am I governing? Thank you. Or am I being governed? Or am I, being am I governed? under? Am yes. I completely confused? This is the thing. What are you governing? Yes. Because out of your mouth shall come law. You, you should go. be speaking and creation hears you. You yes. should be speaking and your environment changes because you speak. The government, the governing body shall be. There you go. All right. We are still in that simple poetic scripture. The one is quoted over the Christmas. The one that is quoted over Christmas. Now it has talked about his name, but this name has many, many yes, aspects. Now yes. can we go to these names? Can we go to these words uh, yeah. and see right. how they all come up to form the okay. name? So the first one that is used is the term wonderful. wonderful. All right? Wonderful. Now, wonderful, guys, again, I told you, if you want to remove power from something, the devil doesn't remove it. He just dilutes it. Mm. How many times do we use wonderful to describe a very simple thing? Think about it. Oh, my God, you've got so your wonderful. hair. You look wonderful. <laughs> I mean, you come and say Think anything. about it. We just anything. use it for anything. Oh, the child is walking. Oh, Wonderful. wonderful. Guys, you got a job? Wonderful. No. The term <laughs> wonderful yeah. is a picture of something that transcends human mm -hmm. natural ability. Wow. Something that operates outside of our norm. Mm. That is why it is wonderful. And that's why some, some scholars put the two terms together, wonder and full, full of wonder. Mm. This is the same term. Yeah. This is the same term. Full of wonder. This is the same term. This particular term that is used when, when David is marveling about how God created him. Mm -hmm. He said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. The word wonderfully, think about it. Does it make sense to say something is wonderfully made? Mm. Using our expression of wonderful. No. Because you think about it, God is saying, wonderful, wonderful. He's making you. No. <laughs> He's not shocking himself. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yes. But David is saying, when I look at my body and how it functions, when I see my capacity to do things, it is so full of wonder, I'm still trying to mm. grasp it. That means also you're saying, every time you see another dimension, it's yes. full of wonder. Something I've never seen before. It's something, every time you look at him, you're like, okay, wait. That, that dimension you see is full of wonder. Yes. But you are also full of wonder yes. when you see that. It causes you to wonder. Mm. In other words, in your mind, how can this thing be possible? That is his name. That is his name. His name causes that reality. I like uh, when you talk about his name, yes. that it stands supreme yes. above everyone else. Yeah. It is not a name you can compare. When you say mm. uh, uh, you are greater you're comparing. Mm -hmm. You can only be greater because there's another one who is great. Yes. And there's the greatest. Mm -hmm. So that's why we say, yes, you can use that word because we are still not there where we have the proper language of the kingdom. Yes. But I can't come and tell God, oh, you are great. You are the greatest. No, no comparing. Measure to measure with what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this particular one we are saying is supreme above it's everyone above else. everyone else. Yeah. It is not a name you can compare. It's not a That's name that you can... That's what it means. This is wonderful. Yes. That's one of the names. And yeah. now talk about counselor. Counselor. Counselor yeah. is a powerful concept because the term counselor, mm -hmm. in, in this context, is not what we think about counseling. Not when you call me that you want to come for yeah, counseling. In, in our world, when the term counsel is used, it means there's a problem. So we say we are counselors. Yeah, we are, we are counselors. We are causing problems. Some people have problems and we are trying to solve their problems. Yes. No, in scripture, counsel is okay. wisdom. Through the agency of the Holy Spirit, he reveals the mind of God. Oh. So the counsel here is giving you oh. insight. Wait, wait, wait. You know, I always tell you sometimes, when you say something and I'm feeling like, okay, wait, wait. No, you're not giving it justice. Because when you say yes. that he's giving the wisdom. Yes. Or the mind of the God, mind of God on a matter. Yes. It means that when we come and say, for example, there's this issue happening in Africa yes. or in this other continent. Yes. What's the mind of God? That's it. Because we remember when we came and said we are full of wonder because we are his body. Yes. When you come and speak yes. and bring solutions, yes. that cancel. Yes. Taking the mind of God exactly. and revealing it to you, humanity. Um, to, to give a good example, yeah. When Daniel was in Babylon. Yes. 
one of the descriptions that was mm -hmm. used, there is one in whom is the spirit of the gods. That's the way they place it. Who has wisdom from the gods? That's the only way they could describe that. Yeah, because the insight you're bringing hmm. with all the magicians and astrologers and everything that they had, and they had the best of the best, it was still beyond that. So you can imagine, if you're saying that you're celebrating the birth of Jesus, yes. yet you're not able to understand, huh. how do I get to understand the mind of God? Yes. You notice now when you come and say he's a baby, we are celebrating this, it's Christmas, we buy gifts and all this. This is what you're covering. This is what is being concealed. Yes. That you do not understand. Being a counselor here, we are saying yes. that the revealing of the mind of God to his body he did so not that you can come operate in the earth. So that somebody can give me some nice gifts. And I love gifts, by the way. Okay. He came to give me a gift mm -hmm. that gives me the mind of God. That is powerful, knowing the mind of God. That is totally, that gift, knowing the mind of God, will create all those other gifts. Yeah. And beyond. You see, when you talk about the mind of God, when you say that having the Holy Spirit who reveals the mind of God to us, you sit here and say, Whatever you're doing, and here we don't talk about all the neg negative things, yeah. even positive things, what Especially. you're doing in business, what you're doing with your family. Yes. Do you ever ask yourself, has the mind of God been revealed on this particular issue? There you go. Or do we do our own thing and yeah. think the mind of God is not required unless there's a problem? Uh -huh. So living with that understanding that the mind of God is continuously being revealed That's so it. that when we live, we can say we are accurately representing him. You see, we in, are growing yeah, that you see, in scripture, we are, growing there. we are shown little tidbits yeah? of this concept. Okay. We, you remember the story of Elijah when the king of Syria is always coming after him. Yes. The, the, and they keep saying, but every time we plan to get him, something Somebody, happens. Somebody yeah. tells him and somebody tells him, no. There's a prophet. Yes. God tells him everything you're saying mm -hmm. in the secret of your room. Is that possible today? That's Some of those things that we read, yes. where you tell me, okay, wait. God can reveal to me his mind such that when I'm going for a meeting, maybe you're employed go. like De Daniel, you you're go. going to sit with Nebuchadnezzar and you're coming yes. with a solution exactly. for the government. You see, Most it, of you, okay, yeah. Sorry, just no, no, no. Just, just going to say, yeah. most of the people maybe watching from different nations yes. are working maybe with government. Yes, every government. There's no government today that can say we are okay. We don't need any solution. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. Are looking for <laughs> solutions. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. So you're saying that as an employee yes. of a government agency or wherever you work, you can come with an understanding of the mind of God on an issue. Yes. Most people think when you talk of the mind of God, is only how go and tell your boss to get born again. You see, no. let me explain mm -hmm. you the difference. There's a big difference between the heart of God and the mind of God. Okay. Okay? Yes. The heart of God, for it is not God's wish that any Amen. man should perish. perish. But there is the mind of God, which is God's intent that functions mm -hmm. even if there's no sinner. You see, some people think... <laughs> even when there's no sinner, the mind of God some is Some people still at think work. God is only operational because there are sinners to be fixed. Mm -hmm. God's mind is operational when everything is okay. So God's heart is that no man should perish. Yes. Therefore, getting people into the kingdom and yes. speaking about God, the peace of God, Absolutely. bringing the life of God, yes. it's okay. Yes. But most Christians are stuck there. Yes. They don't know the mind of God. They don't know the mind of God. Now, the mind of God, applicable in business, exactly. applicable in rulership, applicable in there governance, go. where is it? So That's the mind of God exactly. is revealed by the Holy that Spirit. That is the counselor. Wow. Getting wise counsel. So we know how to rule. Wow. We know how to operate. We know how to function. That's part of what Adam lost. Cancel. Hmm. The mind of God. So Jesus' arrival yes. is the return of cancel. Hmm. Is not a happy holiday. And of course, this of course, <laughs> in January, when we yes. get into January and beyond, we'll be yes. talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes. And we'll talk about this because it is through the Holy Spirit that you get to know the mind of God. Yes. We get to do that. Absolutely. But I think this is something I desire that no matter what I'm doing, if I'm going to our school project, I have the mind of God. What there does go. God want with his children? If I'm going to work in this area, what does God want with this area? What about when we are speaking here, this conversation? Yes. The mind of God. What does God want in this conversation? I think for me, that is something I feel like 
I desire to know yes. the mind of God at all time. Let me say this yeah? before we go to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You cannot rule without the mind of God. Mm. Rulership requires the mind of God. Yes. You cannot run my stuff mm. without knowing my mind. Mm. Okay? Daniel, because God revealed his mind to him through Nebuchadnezzar's dream, mm-hmm. positioned himself for rulership over four kings. That's the power of knowing God's mind. Wow. Imagine if today God showed you what the economy of your nation will look like <laughs> late next year. Yeah. What will you invest in? How will you position yourself? Yes. Where will you live? I think that calls on all of us to have that yearning in us yes. to know the mind of God. Look at where you are and say that there is the mind of God concerning this area. Exactly. My jurisdiction. That's it. Knowing the mind of God. That's it. Let's talk about mighty God. Remember mighty we are talking God. about his name shall be wonderful, counselor, mighty God. And I want you to keep remembering the name of who? A child is born. A son is a given. A son is given. But now his name is what? Hmm. Mighty God. Wait a minute. <laughs> what is Isaiah seeing and revealing to us? So a child is born. Yes. Guys, don't get here. stuck there. Let's <laughs> go to the son who is given. Yes. But this son who is given his is name. Yes. Mighty God. Mighty God. Do you realize why we keep telling you people, don't <laughs> be stuck with Christmas stories. Those are myths. <laughs> when you see the baby Jesus, stop, stop, stop. Don't see the humanity side of God where he was born. And even... Don't be stuck with of, Mary. <laughs> side of Mary, yes. this baby Jesus never grows. You can't tell me what Jesus was doing at 10. <laughs> you can only tell me, okay, by the summer, the summer he's found in a, in a temple at 12. Yeah, yes. Then he disappears again is it, is until it, 30. Now that you raise that, yeah. don't you think it would be better off trying to investigate what he did growing up than trying to find out what the day he was born? <laughs> <laughs> might have been a better, even though it's a frivolous That's activity, yes. it might be a bit more exciting mm. to try because you know there must be the gap years. He disappears until he's 12. Yes. Then he disappears until he's 30. And we see him here, born. We get stuck. We don't come out of here because we don't know what to do with these years between our birth and 12. But ask yourself, when he's 12, he's found in the midst of who? Yes. And what is he doing? Of teachers. <laughs> found in the midst of... But where is his mind? What is he already telling you? Yes. He knows he's a son. Yes. Think carefully that Jesus at 12 tells his mother, mm. I was about my father's <laughs> business. What is the level of insight he already has about who he is? Yes. So if you don't get that, then, you, then that tells you God deliberately deleted history. Yes. Because he didn't want us preoccupied with unnecessary parts of Jesus. Listen, the clue we get mm-hmm. is a conversation is held when he's speaking and we're told, is this not the carpenter. In fact, I like the term the, not a. Oh, by the way, even the word carpenter there is an abuse of the translation. <laughs> the translation there is not carpenter. The translation there is contractor. Correct translation. Now, why is that important? How many times did Jesus give parables on houses? Hmm. How many did he give on furniture? <laughs> Think. Yeah. If he was truly a carpenter, most of his examples should have been, should have been built around his trade. His trade. Yeah. But he focused on houses. A man does not build a house unless you have counted the cost. The, 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 the one who hears my word will be like one who built his house. You cannot take the goods until you do not know the time a thief will come to the house. You know how many times you <laughs> used a house, a yes. house, a house, a house, until you even got stuck with mansions, remember? Mm. Because in his father's house. (laughs) He's still talking about the house. Houses. That was his world. For me, I find it interesting that like we are saying, there is what Jesus did. Yes. All right? Which of course is not recorded and all that. Mm. But when you're told that he was born and the next time you hear of him is 12 and he's in the midst asking questions. Yes. And the questions he's asking is causing this people to say, stop. Who is this? Yes. You know? Yes. Then from there, you see him been baptized. Mm-hmm. But now when he's been baptized, the heavens open and, and God says, mm. this is my son mm-hmm. in whom I'm well pleased. And I right. tell you, from the last time you saw him at 12 to 30, he was not sitting somewhere making tables and uh, whatever, disconnected from his father. That's you know? it. 
He says, this is my son yes. in whom I'm well pleased. And he tells the, uh, the earth, creation, yes. listen to him. So the last time Jesus speaks at 12, he acknowledges his, his father. father. The next time we hear, <laughs> the father acknowledges, acknowledges him. him. And I love that yes. statement, listen to him. Listen to him. <laughs> and who is God talking to? Creation. Creation, not John. Somebody yes. might think he was talking to John. John already knew who he was. <laughs> and John is like, by then you have to listen to this. Yes. No, John, John was not, John was not resistant. No, John that God had to come was. and say, no. listen to him. So let me ask the question. It's <laughs> <This is> a <laughs> do, funny conversation. Do you realize yeah? that scripture about Jesus is focused on who he is, mm-hmm. not where he was? Yes. Where he was is not the focus. Yeah. Who he is is the focus. That's powerful. All right? The mighty God. The mighty God. Mm-hmm. God Almighty, the same term you had as reference in the names of God, El Shaddai. Mm. So, so Isaiah would have said, and he, that child, Emmanuel, is El Shaddai. Do you know how annoying that was for the people of those days? <laughs> so when he says mighty God, talking about El Shaddai, the yes. God of the impossible. You're telling oh the Jew yeah. that there's a child who is the mighty God. Mm. What are you mm. saying? You see, for us, it's a nice poetic statement. Sounds good in the mouth, El Shaddai. Wow. Listen, the power of that statement has got great weight. Mm. In the New Testament in Colossians 2.9, it actually says, For in him, talking of Christ, dwells mm. all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Listen mm. to that statement. Wow. For in him, the Christ, yes. dwells. In other words, resident, not comes and visits. Dwells all the fullness in the Godhead bodily. Mm. Another writer in the New Testament who is saying things that offend your thinking. Oh, yes. That all the uh, fullness of the, the Godhead. The fullness of the Godhead. So when you see him. Bodily. Mm. In his body. You see when you talk about the mighty God and say mm. this is El Shaddai, the God of the impossible, yes. the almighty God. Yes. Remember when uh, Mary went to meet Elizabeth uh-huh. and she says that, how is it that the mother of, of my Lord, Elohim, Hmm. I mean, Elizabeth is telling you, listen, you know, okay, before I go on, do you know sometimes you don't think these people are connected to God? No, we, we just, just think this is well, a, ma- a woman you read called a story. Elizabeth. You read a story. Yes. She's, she's the mother of John the Baptist, and we leave it at that. But this is a woman who is pregnant, but when she sees Mary in her, hmm. she makes a proclamation that should make you wonder, what did she mean? That the mother of my Lord. Remember when you talk about humanity and divinity? Yes. This is a woman who understood the two. She did not see, this is a lady who I know. No. She's carrying a baby. Mm. No, she knows something. Listen, in you, she switches into the spirit. There you go. Now that's the kind of people we need to be. That when I read this and see, wow, he is the mighty God. I see, you know what? That that one we are calling the baby, mm. he is the God of the impossible. The, child, the one who can turn everything around. The child given unto us, yes. the son given unto us, is El Shaddai. Almighty God. Listen. How does this that This is hidden in yes. the noise called Christmas. Yeah. You can't hear it. Yeah. It passes you every year. And remember when he talked about uh, Isaiah 7, where he said um, his name shall be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. All right? Let's look at everlasting father. <laughs> this child, this son, yeah? is being called who? Everlasting I want you father. to think for a moment, mm-hmm. what level of sight did Isaiah have? <laughs> when you talk about prophets who are recorded because when they spoke, yes. they spoke the words of God. At the time when that, they spoke, yeah, that Isaiah is speaking, yes? who has a revelation that the Christ wow. will also be called the Father. Hmm. Who knew that Jesus will say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. What, Isaiah transcended time and space. And so, he actually he put the future into his time and, and spoke clearly. And just spoke that. That's the power of this prophetic word. Yeah. Unpacking this mm-hmm. scripture alone is enough to transform your entire life. Everlasting Father. Now, the best way to translate that same statement because we read it that way because it's easier for us to read that way. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Okay. But it is better to translate it this way. The Father of Eternity. Because mm. you see, Everlasting Father puts him inside time. Yes. But when you say the Father of Eternity means he created eternity. Mm. Time is in his hands, meaning time is under his control. And when you talk about the 
father of eternity, you're saying that there is no beginning, there is no end. That's it. Here we are, we are talking about a child that is born <laughs> and a son that is given. Now, if you get stuck, and we will keep telling you, please get <laughs> unstuck with the activities of Christmas so that you can see the power hidden that if I come to this season and everybody else is saying there's a child who is born, I come in and say, listen, the everlasting father. I come in and say the El Shaddai, the God of the impossible. Where I am today, only he can take me out. Only he can take me, make me access his promises. So That's the one we are talking about. Imagine yeah? the one who time is in his hands being confined to 25th December. Hmm. Really? Father. Is there a time wow. zone in which you can place him? He places time wow. zones. He chose to control the time he controlled. He could adjust it and come into it as a child. <laughs> yes. Grow, die, resurrect and return. And the time hasn't <laughs> changed for him. Yes. But it has changed for us. So he's permanently in the now. <laughs> so even though us on our side, we are saying there's a baby who's been born. Yes. There's a son who has been given. His name shall be. There's time that is ticking. Time is ticking. He's standing on the now. Yes. And you know what? Every time we access the mind of God, hmm. we are not accessing the mind of God for the future. We are yes. saying that God is in the now. When you access his mind in the now concerning your situation, your situation becomes... And there that's what we call a miracle. There you go. That is what we say, I got a miracle. Hmm. I simply access the mind of God. Yes. And when it comes into the time, it compresses time and causes things to happen. Mm -hmm. So when you say, I was walking and I met so-and-so, it is the word that came into time, removed time, and caused this person to there come, and this thing to come. And when you finish, you have a miracle. That's there you go. The everlasting The everlasting father. father. <laughs> so he, he's not everlasting to impress us. Hmm. <laughs> so that we are shocked that he's always been there. Wow. No. The ancient of days. He's there to control time hmm. so that you can fulfill destiny. Let's talk about that. I think we need to just pause a bit and say, <laughs> let's talk about time. Yes. When you talk about that time is in his hands, and you say, of course, he transcends time. Yes. When we walk in the word that he has given us, we mm. will transcend time. Yes. Now, there's a scripture that God says, mm. I will restore Mm -hmm. the years. Okay. Mm -hmm. First of all, let's look at it in a number of aspects. Uh, she knows once she goes that way, if there's a topic that is dear to my heart, is time. Mm. In terms of spiritual things. When I talk about time, in spiritual things, I'm talking about Kairos and Kronos. I'm talking about the purposes of God and physical time. And I'm talking about time measured. Alright? Yes. Now, here's the interesting thing. When God says He'll restore time, most of us have this belief. Once time has passed, it has to pass. Yeah. Right? Because we are stuck in the same problem with Christmas. Mm -hmm. When a date is gone, we feel that date is lost. All right? In God's world, the dates have no meaning. It is the purposes he has that has meaning. Mm. So if you read Ecclesiastes, he says something very interesting. He said he makes all things beautiful, beautiful. in its time, not on time. Mm. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> you see, when you're working with the clock, yes, you know that at 3 p.m. Mm. I needed to do this. So you are governed by 3 p.m. Yes. When 3 p.m. arrives and you didn't do it, you feel you lost. Mm -hmm. because and you cannot the, recover. Thank you, because okay. the ruler was 3 p.m. Yes. On the other hand, if you say, I want to cook, whether you finished cooking at 2.45, or at 3.50, mm -hmm. you accomplished the purpose. Mm -hmm. You now used time. Time didn't use you. Mm. So accomplishing what you're supposed to be doing yes. is more important. Exactly. But if you allow, if time becomes your enemy and now you're chasing time, exactly, you can never win. So how does God restore time? Yes. He doesn't destroy, restore hours. He restores, gives you a new opportunity wow. to complete the thing that you did not complete mm -hmm. that needed completion. So it's not time here. It is the opportunity has been recovered. Exactly. And God tells you, listen, 
you will be where you could have been had nothing ever gone that wrong. Is what so if you talk means. about locusts and you talk about uh, caterpillars, all yes. these uh, that yes. come and, and eat your harvest, yes. all right? Yes. You've lost time. Yes. You have to start all now, over Now, how does he restore years? Okay. Simple example. If I was supposed to have built a business, yes. done this, done that, done the other, and by now, mm-hmm. because I had been successful, I would have bought a house, I would have bought land, I would be having all these things. Okay? When he restores time, it means even though I missed all those opportunities, I will, get I will still have all these things happen. Without, that's why Jesus hid in the parable of the 11th hour worker. Yes. That's a parable about restoration of time. Hmm. Where the people who came in the first hour and the person who came in the 11th hour get the same result. Yeah. That's restoration of time. Why? Because God is more interested in you accomplishing things than in you keeping time. There are some people who keep time and accomplish nothing. <laughs> there you go. In the sense of, yes, you've been doing this uh, consistently between eight and five for the last one year, and now we are. Let's even talk about 2022. Yeah. You've been consistent on your time. Yes. But the question is, what have you accomplished? There's somebody who has accomplished without checking time. Yes. But when you ask them 2022, they tell you, listen, I can repeat this year again because everything I needed accomplished was accomplished. Exactly. But time was on my side. Yes. Time was not my enemy. Yes. Somebody else, when the time is your enemy, it binds you. It tells you, you must wake up at this time and sleep at this time, eat at this time. Even though you accomplish time, nothing. There's nothing you're accomplishing. But you're keeping time. Yes. It's time to break the power of time. And begin to process. So, when God begins to work with you, there's something called the reversal of time. It's a concept. Let me explain how it works. Okay. <laughs> reversal of time is when you accomplish in a day what it takes a month to accomplish. Mm. So, when I accomplish in a day <laughs> what it could have taken a another month. person a month, yes. you notice I have 29 days. If it's a 30-day month, You've just I have 29 days where you find me and <laughs> wonder... What are you doing with your life? Yep. Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you busy? Yes. How can you play golf on a Monday afternoon and it's not a business golf uh, session? Because in your program, time must be filled with the activities, not with accomplishments. Mm. In simple terms, it is not about filling hours with activity, but accomplishing things. That means... Sometimes to accomplish something will take more hours mm. than your usual. Yes. Sometimes it will take less hours. The issue is not time. The issue is, did I accomplish? Mm. I think that would be a good one, especially now that we've come uh, to the end of uh, 2022, yes. where we ask ourselves, how, what did I accomplish? Mm-hmm. I mean, just sit with yourself. Call yourself into a boardroom and take a pen and paper and say, what did I accomplish? Because if we don't do that, we'll keep saying, now last year was, the year before was, but you're not asking yourself, the years have passed. What about me? What yes. have I done? Yes. Just aged. But have I accomplished something? Can I stand up confidently and say, listen guys, 2022, this is what I accomplished. Mm -hmm. This is what I did. And I am proud that when this year passes, I have a reason to celebrate a new year. Because because I've done something. Because think about it. You know we pride in being busy. (laughs) Instead of in accomplishing things. (laughs) Say that again. I am very, very busy. Mm. My my, my, my calendar is full. Of what? Mm. What have you accomplished with being busy? Activity does not necessarily equal productivity. Hmm. Can you imagine a farmer who is so busy in his farm? Yes. He, you find him cultivating, you find him weeding, yes. you find him watering, but there's no seed in the ground. Nothing. But he's busy. That's most of us. That's our yeah. life. Where you're like, listen, I can tell you. Are you watering? Yes, and you're busy. You're actually sweating. You look like eight to five. You know, I work. I'm employed to do this. I have a business. I'm doing this. You're watering. You're doing, but you don't have seed in the ground. So when you talk about accomplishment is what we are asking. What is a seed that when it brings forth harvest, whether in your personal life as like your your walk, your walk in every area you've expanded. When you look at your social circle, you've grown. When you talk about your knowledge of God, you've grown. What is a seed in the ground? So you can be so busy. Yeah. And very tired. We did a farm that has no seed. Absolutely. That's sad. That's the truth.
So that's what we have to understand. When we talk about the father of eternity, he gives us time to accomplish. The Bible says there's a time for the fulfillment of every purpose under the sun. Yes. Thank you for watching this episode of the Kingdom Conversations. The big question remains, what have you heard? And what are you going to do about it? Keep tracking with us, like and follow us on our social media handles, The Cyrus Community on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. You can send in your questions through Facebook or use the email on your screen. And as Micah 4.4 says, May you be found seated under your vine and under your fig tree. Until our next episode, keep it kingdom, keep it pure.